Good morning, my name is Stan Higginson, Team Vicar in the Town Centre Hub. Today's Monday, the 1st of February, and today's reading is taken from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, beginning at the 12th verse. One body, many parts. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greek, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, these parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret, eagerly desire the greater gifts? In these famous lines from his letter to the Corinthians, Paul says that the church is like a body which belongs to Christ. The church is identified with the risen Christ, so it is with Christ, not identical to him. The body was often used in antiquity as a metaphor for human society or indeed the whole cosmos, both of which could be seen as a multifaceted organism whose different parts were all interdependent. Paul draws on this in his metaphor to justify diversity in the church, 
and also to work against hierarchical ideas of importance. Paul emphasises the importance of difference and unity, so that no one should feel inferior or marginalised, that all members are respected, that the weak are upheld by the strong, that respect for one another is upheld by all, and that there is a concern for the health and well-being of every member. Paul, now in this section of his letter, gives us a list. This is a list of gifts, and he clearly considers some of them as more conducive to the welfare of the church than others. The first on the list are apostles, and the last, tongues. Paul seems never to have been completely comfortable in speaking in tongues. Paul then takes the reader back to the importance of the diversity of the church by asking a series of questions. These questions point clearly to his belief that any one gift should, cannot be possessed by all, and also that a person is not deficient in any way in not possessing a gift. Paul leaves the reader at this point with the sense that he believes that some gifts may be greater than others. He does this because he's about to write about what he considers to be the greatest of gifts that a church which identifies itself with the risen Christ possesses and should share not only with its members, but with all people. These are, of course, the gifts of faith, hope and love. Faith, hope and love. Three very different gifts, but each one connected and interdependent on the others. Gifts which make a church that is like the body which belongs to Christ, which identifies with the risen Christ and so is with Christ. A church which holds love at the core of its body is a church which will flourish and grow. It was true 2,000 years ago. It has been true in the millennia which followed. It is true today and it will be just as true tomorrow and forevermore. The Lord's Prayer. This version is from St. Magus Cathedral, Kirkwell, Orkney. Let us pray. God our Maker who is everywhere, your name is holy. May your new world come and your will be done, in this place as in all times and places. Meet our needs every day and forgive us our failure to love, as we forgive others who fail us. Save us from loads too hard to bear and lead us into your light, where everything on earth and the universe and beyond is yours, now and for all time. Amen.